Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Jack Farmer, he's Andy Rossi, and this is the Evolution of Movies show, and we've got a fun one this week, Andy. Yeah, we do. For this, <laughs> I agree. this year, I guess? This year? I guess yeah. how we'd say it. I mean, very confusing timelines, and speaking of confusing timelines, mm-hmm. the movie we're talking about makes timelines kind of confusing, but before we get into this, before we start chatting about the movie... I want to bring on our guest, a good pal of mine that we've done a ton of shows together. I'm excited to talk movies with them. Mr. At Stay Fly Life, niece and the kid. How you doing? Man, I am so excited to talk about some professional wrestling today. Um, <laughs> you know, is it, wait. Oh, right. Wrong show. Uh, Spider-Man. Yeah. Wrong. Uh, yeah. Sorry, guys. Wrong show. Wrong show. Sorry. Hey, guys. How you guys doing? <laughs> And Neeson, thanks so much for being on. Uh, I'm really excited to chat this one with you. But we talked about movies on this show, but you actually have a movie uh, that's getting some buzz going right now. I do. It's a short film that I produced uh, based on a true story called On the Line that tackles um, tackles mental health and suicide prevention. So it is an Oscar contention. So if you or anybody out there may be an Oscar voter, please uh, just look for On the Line for sh- best live action short film and go ahead and hit that so we can have a sock but oscar nominated next to my name that's you know very pretentious of me but i'm definitely getting it tattooed <laughs> if, if it happens hell yeah Dude, yeah 100 you got to go with that you know and also <laughs> a lot of the oscar voters watch and listen to this we have a, a lot of sway in the uh movie <laughs> community not at all, but uh, thanks so much. Let's uh, let's talk about this movie, but before we do, if you're new to the show, this is the evolution of movies, and we call it that because what we do is we watch a movie and then we chat about it like it's a book club, but we call it evolution of movies because we always watch a movie that came out one year after the last movie we watched. So started in 1980, went to 1981, 1982. Now we're all the way up in 2018, a time when movie theaters had hits like Green Book, a Star is Born, and of course, Rampage, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> but we aren't talking about any of those. We're talking about Into the Spider-Verse, a movie IMDb describes as teen Miles Morales becomes the Spider-Man of his universe and must join with five spider-powered individuals from other dimensions to stop a threat for all realities. Neeson, had you seen this movie before and what were your thoughts going into it this time around? Yeah, I went to the movie theater opening day, seen it then in 2018, completely forgot about the mega hit Rampage. Um, <laughs> you know, I just clouded my mind. Uh, but yeah, I, I seen it. It was it was incredible then and then watching it now. So I, I, I probably haven't watched it since like last year, maybe even 2020. And um, the first thing I thought was, I never got those shoes. I never got those Spider-Man Jordans that came out. And I looked on StockX, and they are (laughs) very expensive still. Um, So uh, second thing I thought was, man, this is is not a great, like, animated movie. This is a great movie. The script alone, um, the performance, the, the voice performances, like, I... I remember how I felt when I left the theater. I was like, this wasn't an animated like movie. This was an actual great film. And I, I wish it was live action every time I watch it. So I felt great about it, man. Yeah, this is a movie when it came out. I It, it was my favorite Spider-Man movie after it came out. I think maybe No Way Home is up there. I almost know if I don't count no way home because it kind of cheats with what they get to bring into it uh but uh but the i love this was my favorite spider-man movie and i agree with you i loved this movie even beyond being a superhero movie i think there was so many messages so much cool stuff happened to it and and the visual effects the soundtrack this one knocked out of the park for me so i was very excited to get to go back and watch it but andy rossi uh, what were your thoughts uh, going into this one and, and had you seen it before? And also, Neeson, this is where we play a little game. Andy's going to try to guess the Rotten Tomato score. And then your job mm. is to guess whether or not the actual score is higher or lower than what Andy guessed. So, Andy, 
thoughts on the movie and what do you think the score is? Yeah, well, you know, what's funny is this is my first time ever seeing this movie. I'd never seen it before. And I was actually like, I'm not a big animated movie person. And I saw going into it, it was two hours long, approximately. And it was an animated movie. So I was like, ah, Jack Farmer, what do you got for me? But mm -hmm. uh, literally right when I started watching it, I'm like, OK, this is different than this is not just an animated movie. And I was all in uh, right from the beginning. So with that being said, it was really good. Um, so I think critics and I remember critics saying that it was a great movie as well. I think it was pretty high, if I remember right. And I thought it was good. So I'm going to go. I'll go 91. 91 is very high to guess. Yeah. It's uh, that Neeson puts it right up there, just shy of like a Raiders of the Lost Ark. So that'd be a very high rating. Mm -hmm. Do you think that the actual rating is higher or lower than 91? Andy's guessed it right on the button one time. In the <laughs> one out of like 50. So yeah. <laughs> It's not like one out of three. Raiders of Raiders of the Lost Ark got ninety one. And is that to hear that clearly? Is that what you said? It's a, around there. It was like ninety two or ninety three, I think. Wow, wow. But I think um, like Get Out was like ninety seven hmm. or something like that. Yeah, Fury Road. And that's where I'm gonna lie. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna lie. Is wait, Mad Max? Is that Mad Max Fury Road? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, it was like it's wildly it high. Wow. Well, also, yeah, you know, Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I'm gonna go with that is that is fairly low for this movie in Rotten Tomatoes. Um, you know, it's a it's a great guess, but in my opinion, it's definitely my opinion and what I believe it is the highest rated. It was the highest rated Spider-Man movie at a point, right? I think No Way Home edged it out a little bit. Um, or I know they're like fighting for it. So yeah, I'm gonna go with it's low. So you think the actual score is higher than 91? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's higher than 91. Yeah. The actual Rotten Tomatoes score is 97%, Ooh. making it possibly the highest rated movie we've ever done. It's got to be <laughs> up there at mm. least. 97, about That's as big, good yeah. as you can get. Um, is it Paddington Bear 2? That's like a perfect score. <laughs> I can't remember. It's one of I those. I think so. That's what we keep hearing. I, yeah. we haven't, I haven't seen it. Have you? I, no, I've never seen when... it. <laughs> perfect movie when does that come out that comes out that came out 2021 right or 2020 i don't, I don't remember i just know everyone says that it's got a perfect score so i go okay <laughs> that's next up for you guys i'm saying that's next up right for you guys like you guys gotta we watch should. that when whatever really year that should. comes out you gotta watch it yeah <laughs> we really should watch it but yeah i think that this is a great school and, and going back and watching this i felt like i liked this movie just as much as i did the sec the first time around so uh, I just anyone watching this prepare. I'm going to gush about this movie. So uh, brace yourselves before we get into the rundown of the movie, though. I do always want to take a second to thank everyone who is uh, listening on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts or who's watching on YouTube. Like, comment, share, subscribe, five star review, all that good stuff. I should say I went to Twitter to ask about this movie and uh, good pal Adnan Qureshi he says that this is uh, his favorite. So uh, th shout out to him and uh, should be a good rundown here. Let's chat about this movie, though. Peter Parker tells us how he is the one and only Spider-Man and he's done it all for 10 years. And no matter how hard he gets hit, he always gets back up because he's the only thing standing between this city and oblivion. Meanwhile, Miles is on his way to his new school, and he isn't happy about going to the, quote, elitist school. Once there, Miles tries to fit in, but it's not working, and the classes are hard. But one of, one of them talks about an alternate dimension, and Miles chats up the girl next to him. More on both those things later, though. For now, one of the teachers catches Miles trying to get kicked out on purpose by picking wrong answers to a quiz. So she assigns Miles homework of writing an essay about who he really wants to be. Miles goes to his uncle Aaron's place and he takes Miles to an underground spot where they paint a mural. And meanwhile, a spider drops and bites Miles. Hmm. Neeson, tell us about the characters of this world and the very world that they inhabit. Um, I kind of want to work backwards and not talk about the uncle. I want to yeah. talk about the teacher first. And the teacher not giving up on a child, like that was one of the moments when that scene played out. And it was like, you know, what do you, um, if a person blindfolded 
on the test what do they get and he answered it so quickly and she was like and it's one of those like you're that smart to know that the person to get 50 percent so you only way you can get a zero is you deliberately pick the wrong answers right like it's mm -hmm. you're so smart that you're not smart enough <laughs> like, like it, it was one of those and it was like look i'm not i'm not gonna give up on you because clearly like you know you do have the knowledge, but you just need to hone it and, and put it in the right path, put it on the right path, put it on the right way. And, and it's, um, it was one of those things that hit me in the gut. Cause it just reminded me of like, I only had one teacher like that ever in my life that's seen me. And I wasn't just a seat number in a class. Um, but they see me as an individual and, you know, approach me as such. And I think that's so important. So when you go from there and you go to, uh, the friend that he meets in class, which, by the way, I know you said you're going to go back to that, confused the heck out of me for like a, probably the first time I watched it. I was like, wait, did, this didn't get explained, did it? Oh, my God, I'm kind of confused about it. Yeah. Um, but then when you go about, you know, his dad and just like the relationship with his dad and why he why he had why his dad had that relationship with him because of the relationship he had with his brother. And how he just wanted to make like he in the way he grew up and he just wanted to make sure like, look, I've done these things in the past. I don't want you to fall down that path like your uncle. And this is why me and your uncle fell out. I just want to make sure you're OK. And if you ever know someone that has kids um, that had a different life in the past, they're very much like that. They're like, look, I'm going to be like this because I don't want you to do those things. Right. Mm -hmm. But um, you have to loosen up those reins and let them. And then, you know, of course the mom, and and if anyone knows a uh, New York, uh, I believe she's Puerto Rican um, mom, mm -hmm. yeah, um, so, yeah. Puerto Rican or Dominican. Yeah. I don't want to get, I don't want to get, uh, I don't want to get killed guys. Um, <laughs> but I think she's a Puerto, R Puerto Rican mom. Um, but if any, again, it, it felt like I knew these people literally, this the what you described was this it happened mm -hmm. so quickly right and i i just felt like they did a, such a great job of setting up who these people are to miles who what this world is and what they bring to miles and how they're going to help his growth as not only miles morales the human but miles morales spider-man and uh, that's why i want to go and keep saying that this is a great film like it, Films don't do that. Like, you know, live action mm -hmm. films have a hard time doing this. And they set this up in less than 30 minutes. And it was beautiful. Um, so, yeah, that that's the world we're stepping into, let alone the music. Like, it already puts yes. you into a modern day Brooklyn kid. Like, you know, from uh, from uh, from Ray Swimmer to Biggie playing a little bit. Um, yeah, those are two big songs that played during that during that top. And it was just beautiful to see. And also... The little nugget as he's walking to school and he walks past his old school and they're asking him about the earthquake that happened. Um, like, did you feel the earthquake that happened, which goes into the whole threw me in a week before, blah, blah, blah. Like as we get in the future, like these, yeah. these little things that, you know, but he's so quick and whippy and like, ah, like, yeah. Oh, did you say you missed me? Like, oh, my God. Yeah, um, <laughs> right. It was, just, it was it was it was great to watch, man. It was great to watch this and to your point one two you you touched on two things that really stood out to me and one of the reasons i love this movie is um one so much of it is connected and there's like lines that go through the whole movie um mm. in ways that i don't see as you said in you know live action films and I, as andy knows one of my biggest pet peeves in movies is when something happens and then it doesn't play any other part in the movie, but almost everything in this movie for as quick as it happens does matter later on. And there are loose ends that get tied up and all this other stuff, but also a very realistic Spider-Man here and Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that makes Spider-Man stand out to other superheroes in general is he's typically a more real person that with real life struggles and things. But this movie it doesn't beat you over the head with like times are hard, times are good, whatever. It's it just feels like a he feels like a real kid who's like, I don't like my new school. I like my friends at my old school and I'm kind of awkward, but I'm not stupid, awkward and like goofy, awkward. But he's, he's an awkward kid. Um, and uh, yeah, these relationships and what you said with the teacher I don't want to say there's morals to the story or messages to this, but one of the things that is a, a line through this whole movie is 
you have to look out for each other. And like, it's the relationships that people have with each other that are so important. And that teacher is one of the first sort of side characters that you see that in, like you can't give up on each other. And that's a kind of a theme throughout the movie that I, I just, that really, I really enjoyed. Uh, Andy, I want to talk to you about the style of this movie though. I mm. think something that jumps right out at it is no other movie to me feels like I'm watching a comic book quite like this movie does and the way it's, it's animated and created, but also I'd love for you to talk more about the music, which is almost a character in itself during this movie. I mean, it's so stylized, like right in the beginning, like I said before, like I'm all in, like the music is, I love the music. I love the way everything's shot. Like we talked about, it's, it's not really like an animated movie. It's like a film and it just looks really great. I was just blown away by how great everything looked. And it's one of those movies where I can't wait to watch it again because that was my first time watching. So mm -hmm. seeing like some of the lines and stuff that were said early on, like I wrote down his dad says something about Spider. He's like, do you even like Spider-Man? He's like, I do like his cereal. I just thought that was funny. <laughs> um, so like these little lines that I wasn't like ready for that were thrown out there that were really funny. Um, I did want to ask you guys a question, though, that I, I thought maybe I missed something or maybe you guys know the Spider-Man universe better than I do. But that spider that bites him, it says like 42 on it or something. Does that mean anything? What it, what does that mean? Yeah, so there was there was uh, each spider was numbered when um, the I guess the, the easiest way to go, if you remember to Peter Parker, uh, Tobey Maguire, if you ever watched that when he's when they go to the lab and you see the spider but there's multiple spiders in there um so each one is is number each each type of like characteristic each spider has a different type of characteristic for instance um um spider uh what's her name uh silk silk was bitten by the same spider as peter parker was bitten by she got the same powers as peter parker but um, she also she was like taking off in a whole nother thing so that that spider didn't die until after that. Right. Um, 42 is Miles Morales. I forgot uh, spider woman. Spider Everybody has kind of a different spider in a sense. That lab was very reckless with the way they held on to those spiders. They're just getting <laughs> yeah. out willy nilly everywhere. Um, uh, <laughs> but it, but it, what I love, I, I, I'm glad that you mentioned that, though, Andy, because it's one of this movie walks a very thin line very well of we're going to give you all the Easter eggs and all the things. So if you, you understand Spider-Man and you know, all this stuff, there's going to be a ton of stuff that makes you go, Oh yeah, this or this. But if you don't know what the 42 is, you didn't miss anything. Like you can still just enjoy the movie and move forward and have a good time watching it. And so I, I thought that they, they, balance that very well mm -hmm. in this movie it's something that could be i think with movies like this could be very confusing but i also like that they kind of poked fun at some of the uh failed spider-man stuff like the uh ice cream pops and the the uh <laughs> you know the, the restaurants and things like that i like that they embraced that this stuff actually happened instead of i pretending love the, it didn't. i love the spider-man christmas album yeah it's it's great <laughs> i didn't know this the first time realty. but that was chris pine uh as the original i didn't know spider. that either i thought i thought for sure that was ryan reynolds uh this kind of had that like a ryan reynolds vibe to it but yeah um but we uh oh as we move on overnight miles sees some changes and he gets his hands stuck in wanda's hair also the security guard chases him and he walks on the wall before miles realizes maybe there's two spider-mans Miles goes back to find the spider that bit him and comes across the OG Spider-Man fighting the Green Goblin hmm. who is trying to open a portal to another dimension. Spider-Man finds Miles and realizes he's a Spider-Man also, but Spider-Man is outnumbered and Kingpin opens the portal to multiple dimensions. Green Goblin shoves Spider-Man into the machine and causes everything to explode. Spider-Man is injured and gives Miles a USB that will destroy the collider. Spider-Man tells Kingpin that it won't help him get his family back, so Kingpin kills Spider-Man and sends the Prowler after Miles. Miles gets away and goes back to his family, and that night, the news confirms the death of 26-year-old Peter Parker, a.k.a. Spider-Man. Andy, this movie, for all the fun it is, 
kind of heavy seeing Spider-Man die in a movie. <laughs> yeah, I definitely <laughs> wasn't expecting that. And kind of gruesomely, too. Like, yeah. King, I, I don't know much about the comics, but is Kingpin always enormous like that? I'm like, how long do these guys' shoulders go? This is this monster he, dude. He's a he's a big fella uh, <laughs> in the comic. Uh, Mike is a uh, is it Michael Clark Duncan played him in the um, in Daredevil. So oh really? Always a uh, always a big yeah. fella. Um, yeah, this was Lee of Schreiber, I believe, did the voice of Kingpin. And- and Daredevil yep. the movie, not the uh, not the series. Oh, yes. I don't want people screaming at you. Right, right. <laughs> the real hey, Daredevil. Look, people probably haven't seen. Yeah, people probably haven't ben seen uh, Ben Affleck over here as Daredevil <laughs> with uh, what's the name? Is Electra? Yeah, uh, Jennifer Garner. Uh, yeah, so, Jennifer Garner as Electra. So uh, this uh, after. Uh, Peter Parker dies. Uh, Neeson, this is, you talked about uh, the part that hit you. The part that hit me the hardest in this movie was this scene after he dies where uh, Miles goes to get the the mask and Stan Lee says, (laughs) the mask always fits eventually. And then Mary Jane says, in our own way, we are all Spider-Man, which I think is, again, a big theme of this movie is that anyone can be Spider-Man. And I've always said I believe Spider-Man is the greatest superhero of all time for that exact reason, is that anybody could be Spider-Man, even down to the the outfit he wears. You can't see any bit of him, so it could be anybody under the mask. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, that that part just really stuck with me. And it, it, to me, that's when this movie really sunk its hooks in, is anyone can be Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> any, anyone can be. I, I, think, I think Spider-Man looks... Stanley said it best, and they, they took that line from him actually saying it, right? Like, it, mm-hmm. the reason why Spider-Man is, is the most famous character is because anyone could see themselves under that mask, any kid. And the reason why he is, he was so protective over that because he wanted people to have every anybody and everybody to be able to relate to um, to that character. And Spider-Man is and just, you know... You didn't know this, but Spider-Man is my favorite superhero, uh, favorite Marvel superhero, rather. Batman is my other one. Um, but it, it's because of that. Like, I, I seen myself as a kid when I used to read Spider-Man comic books and I used to watch the uh, the series um, on, on Fox. And I seen me in that character as as this whippy, smart mouth kid, but n- was smart enough. And you said something earlier when you were talking about he was a... Uh, you know, uh, you didn't say dorky, but you said you were describing how he acted awkward. So he was like, he was awkward, an awkward yeah. kid. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because he wasn't, he was only awkward around the people he felt he didn't fit in with, but he wasn't awkward around the kids that he, his old school. And that was like a big, that's a, a you talk about this, this moral, there's so many morals in this movie stories. It's like, look, of course you're going to feel awkward if you're an outcast. It's all about finding your people. He found, he had his people and his tribe with his old school, but then he found this new family, this new tribe with the spider people. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that mm-hmm. made him comfortable. Um, we yeah. talk about this part when, when Mary Jane said, you know, anybody, uh, you know, we're all Spider-Man basically in a, in a way. And he, they're sitting there memorializing Spider-Man. And um, it, it is, it, it is that thing of, whatever you're doing in life and you're looking at something that is, it's a, it's a, you're admire it. Are you inspired to be it? Or you, you know, rather it's, you want to do a podcast, you want to do a TV show, whatever we, we, a lot of times we, we, um, we memorialize it, right? Like we stare and stare at it, but it's really inside of us to do as well. And everybody could, everybody there could have been some sort of Spider-Man, but Miles Morales mm-hmm. literally had it inside of him and he had to see it to believe it. And um, I just, uh, yeah, you talk about his hooks in you. Like I'm, I'm hooked. Cause again, it's a film. Like this is a, this is just a masterpiece of work of art. Like mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, this is, this is true. It's hitting all the feels. They do, they do a great job of like doing like some fun action. I mean, the action sequences are amazing in this, but how they do cut to like a dramatic part. And then, I think the part you're talking about when they're Mary Jane says that doesn't it, isn't there a kid next to him in a Spider-Man costume? It's like, I think she means metaphorically or <laughs> yeah. like something like that. Yeah. yeah, I was like, yeah. That's funny. Cause they take this like kind of dark moment and then there you go. There's a joke, you know, yep. and Dutter, 
did a really mm-hmm. good job with that with uh, playing with comedy and and action and it's right very and, well done. and in a way that doesn't take away from the moment but also kind of breaks the tension so you can go okay i can move on yeah. uh in this movie and not still feel depressed that uh the perfect spider-man it seems like in this dimension he was peter parker was like the perfect uh spider-man um but and i want to talk about uh, he did not have again. We will talk about old uh, Peter B here in a second. I love but, Peter B. Uh, but Andy, I want to talk to you about the Prowler. Uh, yeah. This villain. Uh, when I first saw this movie, I didn't really have a whole lot of uh, insight into uh, the Miles Morales version of Spider-Man, to be honest. And so I don't know if he was a re- if this was his first debut or if if he was a regular character. But I mean, I've uh, never heard of him. But he was he, he was, was terrifying. so cool. <laughs> yeah. And he, he, every time he like went into action, there was like this really cool, like almost dubstep like song that would play. Like he had yes. like great music, like a baseball right. player comes up to bat. He's like got his theme song or something. Yeah. But... There's that sound that like, <laughs> like yeah. that just, it made it so tense. Everything you did, he like, he pull out his claw hand. It was like, I, I was wondering. Yeah. I, it, I mean, maybe you guys could tell me, but. I'd never heard of him before. That was the first time I had heard of the Prowler. Is it the Prowler or Prowler? Mr. Prowler? They always refer to him as the Prowler. I think I have a feeling he's in the the Miles Morales comics based on what we find out later. But uh Nisa, yeah. was he is he a regular in the comics? Yeah. 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 He's 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 like I mean, he is his uncle and he is the prowler um mm-hmm. a, as well. Um this kind of plays out in every sense of kind of the comics and him learning that Miles Morales is eventually being is, is a Spider-Man is his, his nephew and kind of turning a leaf. But if you, if you remember on um, homecoming, mm-hmm. uh, the prowler was played by Childish Gambino uh, played by Donald Glover. That was mm-hmm. his uh, Davis, his, his, his name he said his name and that was to set up the oh that's his uncle like that's Miles Morales uncle so they played to that a little bit and I remember being in the theater when I watched like they he said his name or whatever and everybody's like like what are they you're hinting already to Miles Morales are we about to get this right and and um of course it just never came to be um instead we got this this version of Miles Morales but yeah the prowler is he's a he's he's a very Miles Morales significant villain esque anti hero when he eventually mm-hmm. turns and um you know he becomes a he lean Miles Morales leans on him a lot when the bad guys are too cool they have to eventually turn like it's I mean because he's too yeah. cool like how do you not yeah. like I I, I want to see him go mess people up but uh, uh, I, that was the <laughs> most not believable thing for me is I'm like no way Miles could get away from the Prowler. Like he was just too fast and you know cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm like no way. Uh, but you know, we speaking of getting away, we do continue on and we get the iconic jump from the building to try out the new powers bit. But it just ends up with the USB Spider-Man gave Miles getting broken. Miles then heads to Spider-Man's memorial to apologize when someone approaches him, and Miles accidentally shocks him and realizes he's also a Spider-Man. Peter B. Parker. He's been doing it for 22 years and hasn't been as successful as the other Spider-Man, but he always gets back up. He got sucked into their reality or their dimension via the collider and the police chase the Spider-Man and with the help of a train are able to less than gracefully escape. Uh, Neeson, maybe this is me like reading too far into it, but again, I love this movie. There's something about Peter B, by the way, I didn't click this time that he's Peter B because the other Peter was probably Peter A. But um, mm-hmm. Peter B is such a loser and he has to keep looking at this other Peter Pan or Peter Pan, Peter Parker. <laughs> this other Peter Parker. Peter Parker. Um And there's, I feel like, again, this movie, so much of it is about being your best self and who do you want to be? Like the teacher asked Miles and uh, anyone can be Spider-Man. I was watching this time around and it almost felt like Peter B was all of us looking at what we could be instead of what we are throughout this. And I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm digging too deep there, but I feel like that's kind of the message we're getting from Peter B throughout this movie. I mean, he was 36, uh, 10 years 
older than than our Peter Parker uh, that that passed in the universe that we were dropped into. So uh, yeah, this was you know looking down a barrel of of bad financial decisions, of uh, divorce, mm-hmm. um, of all these things that as adults we we deal with and and we we go through and it's how but how do you deal with them because he kept saying like yeah and i i keep getting back up he was not getting back up he was he was literally allowing himself to stay down and as we see this go on we see this theme of getting back up but with the people around that you love um that you know help you pull you back up and I just want to take just a little bit of time right here and talk about this whole yeah. lightning thing. Um, you know, if you're a comic book writer out there or if you're a movie creator out there or, you, you know, I don't know, you want to make superhero. Just don't make the black superhero with lightning power. There's every single one of them has some sort of lightning power. There is no <laughs> reason why Miles Morales needs lightning power. And that is probably the biggest thing within this whole uh, Miles Morales world that people are like, why give him lightning power? It makes no sense. But when you think about it, black uh, black lightning, think about static shock, you think about storm, you can go down a list of probably every, you can think about the black Batman, Tim Fox, he has lightning power. There's all lightning so interesting. power. Yeah, that, that is such a interesting. Um, I've never noticed it before, but now that you say it, it does seem very obvious that, yeah, they always have electric power. And it feels, electric power feels very un-Spider-Man-like. Too. Yeah. That that to be, I get the invisible, like his, that could kind of fit in there. But yeah, the even just as a character, it feels like that's not something Spider-Man would do. Mm-hmm. shock people um it's very yeah right it's very it's very off-putting like it's very like he wasn't uh, spider-man never tried to intentionally hurt anyone right it's like nah i'm gonna shock you now it's like why yeah. give that to a spider-man i, I never got that yeah because spider-man's always yes he doesn't really have a lot of offensive stuff i mean he does obviously fight but like a lot of his stuff yeah. is dodging swinging tying yeah. people up with his webs not necessarily hurting people um it doesn't really play right. a huge role in this movie but you're very astute observation there and the web i mean the web is a oh, great weapon it's yeah. like tie you up throw it against your mouth like right what you can do with those webs. yeah uh and yeah i want to yeah. talk to you though before we get to the webs i will never not laugh at spider-man failing the first jump oh it happens so every time it was like kind of like what I've been saying. Like, like they sprinkle like these little comedy moments in there because when he runs up the the first building, I was like, okay, here we go. He's gonna try to do it. Let's see what happens. And then you just see him go back down the steps. This is so funny. <laughs> and then he goes in a smaller building. Nope. It's great. I mean, just like a great little little nugget that probably didn't need to be in there, but made you get uh, Miles' personality a little bit. Kind of like I'm ready, but not quite ready to try it out. <laughs> But um, before I forget, I do got to talk about Peter B. He, I loved him. Uh, Jake Johnson voices him, which mm-hmm. I think is like the perfect voice yeah. for that. Um, but when he's eating the slice of pizza and gets sucked into the <laughs> wherever the multiverse. <laughs> so funny. It's just, it, it's I feel like it's almost like realistic of a superhero. I could see you or even comparing it to my own self. You know, in your 20s, you're pretty fit. You know, you're looking pretty good. And then your 30s, you might start eating a little bit more pizza, not hitting the gym as much as you should. So and his uh, his failed restaurant made me laugh so hard. TGI Spidey's like <laughs> he just said, like, don't invest in. I forget what it was, but uh, just to see that he was a different Spider-Man making like irrational decisions. I just thought was funny, like investing in the wrong things, not eating right. It was just a fun way to put a spin on the superhero that wasn't perfect. I was thinking how, how would you feel Andy, if you got the phone call and Marvel's like, or Sony is like, (laughs) we want you to voice Spider-Man. Like, Oh Oh, my God, that's awesome. Yeah. The fat out of shape loser version of (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Man. Oh, 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 no, not. but he has the greatest. He has the greatest story. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, I guess <laughs> uh, he got that check and he was just fine. Yeah. boys. Yeah. But, but yeah, I think he was perfect in this. And, and he really is. He's he's 
again, he's a loser, but like it's also in a lot of ways realistic because I feel like mm-hmm. that's how a lot of people probably actually act if they had Spider-Man's powers. So after uh, the whole getaway thing, Peter wakes up tied to a punching bag and he and Miles find out that Peter's from another dimension. Peter doesn't care. He just wants to get back home. But first, a burger. They decide to head to Alchemax to get a new USB. And inside, they hear a doctor say that a black hole will appear under Brooklyn if they don't use the collider again. But Kingpin has given them 24 hours. In the lab, the doctor finds Peter B. While Miles turns invisible and tries to steal the computer when the doc becomes Doc Ock. Yeah. the two escape through the lab and finally swing through the woods to escape. A glitch to Peter costs them, though, and all seems lost until Spider-Woman arrives to save the day. For the last two years, she was the only Spider-Person. Uh, Neeson, Gwen gave up her identity pretty fast. I mean, for Spider-Man, she took her mask off, like, right away. What's this? Well, Keep I a mean, secret identity. <laughs> Well, she knew from when she met him in school that the Spider-Man, right? Like she, uh, it's a line. Again, we talk about lines that pay off. She says, um, he's like, oh, something weird. He's like, yeah, that's not what else is weird. Like she says as a, like a throwaway line when she looks Mm -hmm. at him, but it was the thing of each spider person. And they kind of dove into this a little bit in this film but we could tell that it's going to happen in the next one is that each spider person is connected through their spidey sense through the web Mm -hmm. right and Mm -hmm. so that's why every time they came in contact with each other i was like oh okay you got powers great um and and so she was you know she took off her mask she's like yeah that's that's me um (laughs) with this cool haircut that uh was miles's fault um (laughs) was a cool haircut i thought yes it was it was a, it was a great haircut. Great haircut. Uh, <laughs> good job, uh, But uh, Andy, as we go through this, uh, something that started to really resonate with me is um, this is a different dimension, I guess. And I think most Spider-Man moviegoers understand um, whether it be that um, obviously Miles is in this, but you look at a lot of the villains. Doc Ock is mm-hmm. different than what I think movie-going Spider-Man fans would have expected which made her reveal super exciting. But I also noticed very small thing. All the police officers say they are PDNY. NYPD. And at first I was like, why do you say that? And then it started to click with me. This isn't our dimension. That's That's why it's different. Wow. That was smart. I was so thrown off by that. I was kind of like, wait, did the NYPD not let them use their name? <laughs> but yeah, a separate world makes a lot more sense. I love Doc Ock. I think that was uh, Catherine Hahn uh, voiced that. Mm-hmm. Just so good. I wasn't, I mean, I did, like I said, I hadn't seen it. So I wasn't expecting that to happen. So very right. cool. And, and the way I think, I think the way the makers of this movie did this is I think they understood that there was going to be a lot of people seeing this that, probably didn't have that background in knowing. And so those reveals were so interesting because when she mm-hmm. did reveal, I definitely had that feeling like, oh, this is Doc Ock. And yeah. I, I love the little line where he's like, let me guess, your friends call you Doc Ock. And she's like, no, my friends call me Liv. My enemies <laughs> call me Doc Ock. Love that. That's a great line. Uh, just a, a I think cool... he calls her Liv later too, doesn't he? Or something. I think, uh, it, was, yeah. uh, it was just a, a cool fight scene. And, and also... Uh, or escape scene, I should say. And also just a cool bonding moment. And, and Neeson, last thing here. I, this is where Peter B. really starts to grow on me. Is how he's like, <laughs> I do my best work in the last minute. There's always a key, a key card or something. I just call it a goober. A goober, yeah. <laughs> kind of making fun of, he kind of makes fun of what Spider-Man is. Like even in the vents when he's like, they're going to say he has 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so good. Kind of, kind of poking fun at what Spider-Man is, you know? Yeah, I, I think um, this this is why Jake also is just so great at this. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a new girl fan, a super fan like yeah. I am, like you, you've seen those moments, at least in like I, I see me in a lot of those moments. So now you're seeing a disheveled you <laughs> like to yeah. try to do Spider-Man stuff. But he's also I, I think it was also important, like him having photographic memory of, of the passcode. And then able to like recite it right away to Miles, mm-hmm. but just like, hey, you you know this, just trust your like you got it. Da, 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 da. 
And Miles basically knew it besides two numbers, right? Like mm-hmm. he's getting this on a job training and succeeding at every turn point, showing that you really do have it inside. You just need to trust yourself. And I think it really came on this action scene when he was like, you're okay. You're saying way too much stuff. He was like, well, stop listening to me. And then he had it right. Like mm-hmm. he, he instantly had, he got, he got the rhythm and it was all great. So yeah, I think Peter B. Parker, it starts to show him shining in this moment and him becoming him remembering the 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 Spider-Man that he once was and that he starts working to get back to that at this point. Mm-hmm. Unbeknownst to him. Like he just, you know, he's just doing his thing and you know, they're teaching each other. It's a great, it's a great bonding moment, like you said. They just right. each one teach one, you know. By the way, them making fun of him in sweatpants <laughs> I hurt because say. I wear sweatpants all the time. <laughs> I was very like, what's wrong with wearing sweatpants? <laughs> well, over his Spider-Man Are, are you going to wear sweatpants over your spider Yeah, over your, <laughs> yeah. Over your superhero costume? Is that what you're going to wear sweatpants? So I, I get going to the store, but like, are you about to go <laughs> save the day in like some what? sweatpants? <laughs> that made it so much better. It was great. Uh but after this, the Kingpin remembers his family and the night they died. But the doc says that means the Collider's working. The gang heads to Aunt May's house, and she's kind of a badass. And they go mm-hmm. to Spider-Man's lair, and it's kind of sick. But it's filled with other spider things. They know how <laughs> to destroy the Collider, but one of them needs to stay behind. So they all, quote, teach Miles all at once. Yeah. He feels totally inadequate, so Miles leaves them all in the basement. Miles' dad is looking for him, but Miles goes to his uncle's house. And while there, the Prowler shows up while Miles is hiding. He sees that his fe- this, this fiend, the Prowler, is his uncle. So we get another chase scene through the streets of New York, but Miles gets away again and gets back to May's house. Miles tells everyone the Prowler is his uncle, and then all the bad guys show up, including the Prowler, and we get a big fight. Comes down to the Prowler versus Miles on the roof of May's house. Miles reveals himself, and Aaron stops, letting Miles go before the Kingpin shoots Aaron. Miles gets away with Aaron and heads to the alleyway. Aaron tells Miles that Miles is the best of all of us and that he needs to just keep going. Miles' dad shows up to the scene. Miles gets away before his dad knows he's there, but is there long enough to see that his brother is now dead. Andy, this is uh, such a cool Spider-Man moment in, uh, again, if you're a fan of just the movies or you have just kind of a broad strokes idea of who Spider-Man is, because now Miles has the dead loved one that all the Mm Spider-Men seem to have, and he has the authority figure that, Wants to get the Spider-Man as yeah, James yeah. Jameson would have been. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, just to take it back just a little bit, I got to talk about, is he noir, noir Spidey? Yeah. Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> I did not know any of this was happening. That and Peter Porker and Penny Parker, just, just to get like a fun array of Spider-Man and Nicholas Cage, his lines are so funny. So just to get that and not knowing that, that was anything that was going to happen. I, I thought it was great, but, but to go back to uh, what you had said about, <laughs> um, uh, about like the, the uncle dying, I thought it was going to be like this was it the first Spider-Man with uh, James Franco who thinks Spidey killed his dad and now he wants to avenge him. So I thought that's what was going to happen. Like his dad was going to go try to kill Spider-Man. Then I'm glad they didn't go that route, mm-hmm. but it definitely played that way. I'm like, Oh no, the dad used to just like a cereal. Now he's going to hate him forever. Right. <laughs> but still eat the cereal. Still eat uh, the cereal, yeah. Cereal's uh, still great. Uh, Neeson, again, this is one of those moments where, uh, as Aaron is telling Miles, he is the best of us and to just keep going. Again, so much this movie is about being your best self. And, you know, whether it be Peter B looking at, I'm just going to call him Peter A, and uh, how that's kind of Peter B's best self. And now, uh, Aaron is saying, be your best self and keep going. And, and to me, that was actually is a very moving line right up there with what with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, that was his great. That was his, um, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. That that's what that was. Um, the badass parents, guardians in this movie is just 
it's it's special right like because you, you don't see you you see the the vulnerability but you and, and the dad you see the badassery i mean look aunt may kicked her own door from the inside of her house to go outside <laughs> Just boom! I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> like that is a funny observation when you put it. <laughs> she, like I, she I looked at that. Of, I was like, I would have been. She reminded you. Oh, she reminded me of uh, Sarah Connor for Terminator Two. <laughs> like she was just like ready for action, just like shotgun. <laughs> right. It's like whoa! Like that, that, that is the that's the perfect comp. That is the perfect comp to that. Like she, <laughs> um. Yeah, man. But from her, even from Noir, even from Spider-Man Noir, clearly he was a he was an older one. And, you know, he's he knows he knows it's an origin story. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He's treating it as such. uh, But from the dad, but even from and then the mom. But then you have the uncle and you have the uncle that is the ultimate. He's he's giving him his his death, but the catapult to like, hey, become the person that I know you could become I I because he's this is the one person that sees him right like mm-hmm. we we talk about that his dad doesn't really see him he just sees his son that he doesn't want him to be his mom is just like oh my baby boy uh right. but his uncle seen him as a, as an artist seen him as a smart scholar seen him as you know hey, you can get any girl you want sort of thing and he's seen him at all these things you could dress you could do these things and now he's telling him like look no you could be a spider-man like i see you at that and so it's just such a powerful thing, man. And I, I um, and to come to, to complete that circle of scene, what does he do when his dad shows up? He goes invisible. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just this beautiful, these, these things again, just kudos to the writing. Cause these things don't happen unless everybody is just in sync and, and hive mind. You, you can't, you literally can't, like plan these things to happen <laughs> like this literally happens as because everybody is just this connective tissue energy and these characters start coming out and man it, it was this this second act is one hell of a second act that pushes us to a, a an incredible third act right like it's beautiful and and jack you mentioned uh forget how you said it but basically all the spider things that come out and they basically just attacked him right away i just thought that was like (laughs) this guy has literally been spider-man for a a day and they're just like let's beat him up but but are you you sure you're a spider-man like you're you're black and got lightning powers are you sure you're a spider-man let's let's (laughs) test this out like let's beat him up you have a pig in an anime character you're testing me yeah (laughs) the kid from brooklyn all right all right but that is kind of spider-man too like he just kind of is able to handle all this stuff so when they see he can't handle it and then when they see he can't get back up it does kind of add to the question what he's not getting back up we can we trust him and it's funny the one character that has trouble getting back up himself peter b is the one that's like oh no he'll work he'll Mm -hmm. work um i love the i love what you noted there neeson about his dad showing up and then him becoming invisible again. Cause he's always been invisible to his dad in that regard. Uh, not that his dad's a bad dad, but doesn't see him as you're saying, which is a really, really cool underlying thing there. I will say with all the other Spider-Man, I would totally be down for a Spider-Man noir, like spinoff oh. or something and see him beating up Nazis or something. That'd be great. Especially with Nick Cage. Man, you, yeah yeah you have to um i i implore anyone to like research these spider spider people spider persons um even like gwen oh that's what i wanted to talk about before we move on so we so gwen's background if if you guys don't know her she reveals like her dad is like i hate spider woman like god mm-hmm. right and right. um I believe he's I believe he's like a captain or sheriff or something like that head of policing and he she reveals to to her like I'm no it's me dad and he's like I don't care I hate you too now ah! and like and that wow. one, it's, it's a whole thing is so her feeling alone and her feeling like separated and it's her fault also in her world I believe like sh- people think she's responsible for killing spider-man um 
because Spider-Man dies in her world. So it's just this thing of like, she's really alone and mm-hmm. her finding her tribe through, through this, it's, it's, it's beautiful. And then you, you kind of see it being played out a little bit um, in this dynamic of look, all these, all these uh, adults are parent figures are, they're all really good hearted people in this world at the end of the day. And they really want to, they want the best for their loved ones. Um, and, you know, not everybody gets to have that situation. And so I, ju- I just thought you mentioned, you mentioned that a little bit. And I just wanted to like note that because that's a, it's a beautiful thing to, to display on a film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No one's perfect in this movie. And that's, I think it yeah. embraces the imperfections in a, in a really cool way. Uh, back at the dorm, all the spider people share the losses that they've had to deal with and reveal that the hardest part of the job is that you can't save everyone. The spiders leave Miles behind because he's not ready yet. And while tied up, his dad shows up and says he doesn't want to drift apart. This gives Miles the push he needs to control his electric and invisible powers and breaks free, gets his suit, and takes the leap of faith. Meanwhile, the gang is sneaking into the banquet that Kingpin is throwing, and Peter B. runs into Mary Jane, but overall, they get where they're going, and that's the collider. Peter B. says they still... set. Peter B says he'll stay behind, but the whole thing is a trap and we get a collider fight while fighting. Miles arrives and the dimensions start to merge and Doc Ock gets hit by a truck while Miles steals <laughs> the goober. Uh, the robot dies. The collider is stopped. All the spiders go back to their dimensions and Miles proves to Peter B that he's ready to face the kingpin. We get one of those old fashioned multiversal train fights before the kingpin can get the upper hand. Different versions of his family sees the monster kingpin is and the fight continues as Miles' dad watches. Beaten down, Spider-Man gets back up and hits kingpin with an electric shoulder touch and throws him into the green button, saving the universes. From the wreckage, Miles calls his dad, but then sneaks up on him to give him a hug and delivers the kingpin. And for like two days, he's been Spider-Man and you know the rest because anyone can wear the mask. You can wear the mask because he's Spider-Man and he's not the only one. Also, Peter B goes back to his version of Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy, this final battle is just a visual spectacle. Amazing. And and for me, I was waiting this whole time, as you could see, if you're watching this on the uh, the visual format, peter porker I was, <laughs> I was very intrigued on this peter porker because i'm like john mulaney's voice in him which is perfect and i'm like what is this guy really gonna do can he do anything and sure enough anvil on the head of scorpion and then he breaks out like that big uh mallet, mallet. <laughs> this is so funny like i because i was like waiting for it i'm like when is peter porker gonna do something here like what can he do and he did not disappoint Neither did any of them, because like you said, the fight scenes were unbelievable in this movie. My favorite Peter Porker bit is when he's like leaving and he goes, yeah, I want you to have this mallet. It'll fit in your pocket. Yeah. (laughs) And then he says, that's all, folks. And they're like, can he say that legally? (laughs) Uh, And then uh, also something that big that happened there is the robot died. And I was thinking maybe that's uh, is it it's Penny Peter. Or Penny Parker, right? Yeah. Um, uh, maybe that's her moment of losing someone special. Again, I don't know her character that d- deep, but she had a, kind of a, a loss moment there as well. Um, but uh, I was sad, by the way. It, it was really sad. They didn't spend too much time. Her, her, real, her real story. Her real story yeah. is sadder, guys. It's oh, sad. No. Like she loses, like yeah, like her, her mom, her mom is killed by like her dad or like her it's oh, it's, wow. a, it's a weird like yeah it's a weird i think our i know people are listening to this are gonna know like actually but i i know her <laughs> mom i believe her mom dies um the symbiote it's a crazy story but like the sim like a, it's like symbiote thing and then yeah it, it basically like rips her mom apart it's it's wild <laughs> it's a wild wild story but they're like a family of crime fire but like they um because they help her, you know, like fight crime and stuff. And, and she Jeez. gets pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bad story. 
it's uh that is a very dark story but yeah, this one say. is uh what again there's so many like through lines throughout this movie and in the end what i love about it is they they all tie together so closely which is like can miles get back up and he does which is the thing that the whole movie is about Sp spider-man always gets back up uh him using the thing that aaron taught him essentially the you know hand on the shoulder saying yeah. hey it was a great hey. callback and uh the dad watching and and sort of learning who the just all these great things that came through and, and miles eventually being the best his best self and saving the day and being Spider-Man taking that leap of faith, leap of faith, Neeson. Uh, I felt like they just tied a bow on what is incredibly complicated to try to figure out. I'd imagine from a writing room standpoint, I, I started this thing saying like, it's a great film and I ended it by saying it. it's a great film. It, and it's one of those things where you're just like, how, how, why is this not live action? How is this, this hard to make a live action, like Miles Morales movie. And I think they just made it 10 times harder. I think like after Sony saw this, they, they're just like, okay, like we're gonna, we're gonna have to try to figure this out because how are we going to top this like as live action? Right. Which, you know, eventually probably I think we'll see something in, in, uh, in two and across the universe, across the mm -hmm. Spidey verse two. But I really want to, I really want to ask, um, how like both of you guys, I guess, and especially since you just now seen this, you just fresh eyes. Yeah. This is, this is yeah. brand new. <laughs> like, I, I want to ask you, like walking away from this film, um, one, did you did it make you feel a different way about uh, if you are a fan of, of the MCU? Did it make you feel about a different way about that? And did it make you how did it make you feel about how Sony treats its live action properties if you have watched them um, or if not? I mean, just overall for me, I was this is this is my favorite Spider-Man um, out of all of them, I'd say, because mm -hmm. I thought it was the most creative. And I never read the comics aside from like, you know, probably who the Peter A. Parker was. And so seeing all these different spider <laughs> people from different universes to me was really mm -hmm. clever. And just goes along with uh, the MCU when they were have like the different, what do they call them, the multiverses? And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So kind of mm -hmm. all like for me connected, but it was kind of, I almost was like, oh, I should have watched this when it came out because then it would have made more sense for some of the multiverse stuff. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't know. At, at the end of it, I this is one of the few movies that I let the whole credits play out and just watched because I had a feeling something was going to happen. Um, but usually, like, there's so many movies, right? When you get to the credits, you're like, eh, you know, or you'll be like, I'll YouTube it to see if there's like a deleted scene. But this one, like, I let it play all the way out because I wanted to see the credits roll. I want to see if there I didn't want to miss anything. And mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys did that too, because yeah. there is a little fun little spider moment at the end yeah. with the three Spider-Men pointing at each other. Right. Yeah. Which is just another great self-awareness thing from this movie. Uh, I, Nisa, I wonder that watching this, I have always wondered if this movie sort of gave the MCU the nudge to open up the book on multiverse stuff, because it felt like they didn't touch it at all. This movie came out and then suddenly there was quite a bit of it in the MCU. I don't know if that is the case, um, but it does seem like this came out and suddenly MCU embraced it. Well, we we know this came out, you know, so it came out in 2018, right? So the movie was in development from like 2015 or something like that. Like it was in development for quite a while. Um, it gave them more lenience to say, okay, we we trust what the path that we're on. Right, like mm -hmm. we by the audience loving it by like we trusted because they were already on right. The reason I say the 2018 and all this stuff because by 2018 they had their they were shooting, they were wrapping up. Uh, yeah, no, they're already done. So they they were done with Endgame. They were done with Infinity War. They're they were just doing pickup shots uh, by then. And um, Endgame had not so come out yet. Came out. But because uh, no, 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 Infinity, Infinity War, War came, came out. out. But yeah, I guess they would have right. already filmed. But they shot. Yeah. Yeah, they shot those. They started shooting those 2016, right? So, like, those movies started shooting in 2016. Both of those could shot them both at the same time. They started mm -hmm. shooting in 2016. Um, so I, I think they already knew about, okay, multiversal dimensions, time travel, um, et cetera. Like, this just makes us more confident of where we're going to go next because what Kevin Feige said about um, 
the MCU in particular, they after Endgame, there won't be um, this one world thing. It'll be it'll be split up into it'll be split up into space magic street level, right? In order mm-hmm. to do that, you have to bring in these different multiversal. You know, you start playing with Kang and then yada yada yada. So. <clears throat> I think this was just like, okay, great, we're on the right path, guys. Let's double down on this. <laughs> and, then, and then you get um, you know, and, and then you get the Spider-Man, uh, the no the No Way Homes, you uh you get any other now, you know, anything else is now multi Doctor Strange, multiverse of madness. Mm-hmm. I think now also this really solidified us getting a live action miles morales i think now they're they're really really just going to take their time with it like this was like okay this everyone knows this character now every you know this is made x amount of money and won an oscar (laughs) like so it's it's like yeah now now we could bring this into live action yeah now their issue before i'm sure they were asking will it work to have miles morales and now i think the question is can we live up to it uh, because That's the tough part. this yeah. is it's it's going to be hard to do a Miles Morales live action and not have people compare it to this one. Um, that that's the movie. As we kind of wrap it up, and Neeson, you get final word because you're the guest. But I again going back on this this movie, absolutely a delight to watch. Super fun visually. The music is fantastic. The mm-hmm. the performances are great. And again, uh, I love the messages of kind of being the best version of yourself. And anyone can be a hero. All of us can be great if we if we choose to get back up again this just one of my favorite movies i absolutely loved it like i said at the top uh i'm gonna gush i loved it It was great seeing it again andy what were your thoughts uh i mean yeah second what you were saying i don't know why i can't get the word goober out of my head i just thought that was (laughs) such a funny term uh you know what i like the best about this too is Mm -hmm. you know you have like these movies that have all these different worlds and you're trying to figure it all out like a christopher nolan movie and you just go what is happening where this one i felt like it did a great job of like me not knowing too much of like backstories i understood the story like enough so that i i want to go back so i can like maybe see some things that i maybe didn't catch before so i thought it did a really good job of having like an intricate plot but not too crazy where i couldn't understand where what was happening and i loved the other spider universes like with the the new noir spider-man was amazing <laughs> and yeah. porker all of them they were great I loved I loved all Noir's uh, very old references that didn't yeah. make any sense. I could have used more of him if I'm being honest. Yeah. Uh, I have a feeling he'll be in the sequel for sure. But um, Neeson, yeah. as we wrap it up, any final thoughts on Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse? I never thought I would see a animated movie create a problem for a studio to where they have to live up to a live action version of the animated movie. But also, this is this is a template of any film. To me, if, if you're a film creator, if you're a writer, whatever whatever you do, if, even if you know you're a podcaster, and watch this and and watch this film and watch it, um, I'm I'm sure you're going to be able to find inspiration. Rather, it's from each you, each spider person had different um, had different animation, right? Like if mm-hmm. we just look at that alone, so each world was different as. Uh, which that goes back to the comic but if you're not a comic book fan you could still pick up on these things it's attention to detail there was no there was no shortcuts there was every line was paid off every line was earned every uh acting performance matched the actual animation of the um of the character it's really i don't understand why it's not at 100 percent. to be honest because i can't i really can't find any to me personal like flaws that is not you know like you think oh why oh well that paid off <laughs> it's like yeah. every time I, I thought about that it was like oh nope, they did that oh, oh that would make sense um even with the music you know i i just felt like the task that they have to live up to this i can't wait um they already split the second into a third mm-hmm. so um you know part so you got this is part one part then you have part two this year and i mean next year and then part three the following so um i can't wait man and i just predict that that's how we get our live action morales one of the universes that he's gonna cross it's gonna be a live action one with and that's to me that's the only way you could introduce because there's no way you could do an origin story 
with this movie winning the Oscar already getting right. like you're gonna redo an origin story of Miles? Like, come on, like <laughs> it just it, that doesn't happen. Um, right. So yeah, man, I'm I'm excited. I'm I love this movie. It's a ten out of ten for me. Yeah, a good point. I don't know what you would change to make it a hundred at this point because I think everything there's not anything yeah. in it that I, more I, noir. I, that's that's what it was. Is there's not enough noir. Uh, now Anissa, just give him a solo. Give him a series. Yeah. <laughs> now uh, we we test Andy here, Neeson, where I we like to play six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Can Andy connect one of these actors to Kevin Bacon in six movies? Andy, this is an animated one, so I'm curious to see what you went with. Well, the easy one was there was a, a TV show that you'd probably like the name of it. It's called I Love Dick, and it was Catherine Hahn and Kevin Bacon. But that is a yeah. TV series, so I don't know if that works. So I got another nope, one for you. Doesn't count. Uh, Zoe <laughs> Good Kravitz. Name, Zoe Kravitz. Yeah. Uh, was in X Men First Class mm. with Kevin Bacon, and oh. she was MJ in this. Oh, well, well done. That so there quick. you go. Wow. Well done. A lot easier than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> uh, but so I guess that does it for us. Um, so the, our next show, we moved to 2019. We're going to cover Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Then we go to 2020, where we try to untangle Tenet. I haven't <laughs> seen right. it yet. I'm very nervous about it. Uh, and then 2021. Big. So, uh, yeah, I've never seen it. Everyone says it's confusing. I'm very nervous about it. But we'll see <laughs> how it goes. Uh, thank you. Uh, you can find me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. Peter Porker, where can they find you? <laughs> you can find me at Just Andy Rossi. And Neeson, where can the world follow you and keep up with all the stuff you're working on, like your movie? Everything Stay Fly Life from Hive to still Elon's Twitter to uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> Instagram. Everything is Stay Fly Life. I just want to say Tenet. Tenet is a great movie because it is full Nolan. Anytime a director goes full them, I love it. Rather it's Love and Thunder uh, or Tenet. Yep. I love it. Go go full you, damn it. I'm very excited to see it. I, I know it's like 17 hours, so we'll see how <laughs> that goes. But uh, but I'm excited to see it. Thanks again, Neeson. We'll have to have you on again. That does it for us and this episode of Evolution Movies. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you all next year.